If you're wondering why you should listen to me, I'm your everyday 24-year-old guy going through everyday struggles. And maybe, just maybe, you'll feel better knowing you're not alone. My name is Brandon Dennis, a nursing student living in New York. Interested in learning all that I can, I make friends with all kinds of people. Everything from music to business and fitness, I'm open to hear everything and anything. Welcome to the Unwritten Podcast. All right, all right. Welcome everyone to the Unwritten Podcast. My name is Brandon Dennis and I'm your host and here we are for another episode of the Unwritten Podcast, number 17 to be exact. Uh, we we are moving along in the Unwritten Podcast journey and it's so great just to have everyone all, along for the for the ride. Um, you know, the community is building, people are sharing this and that, whatever. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of good news um, on my personal Twitter account, I had put out a poll asking, should I put my podcast episodes on YouTube? And I had said it for seven days, but after a couple of days, I got an overwhelming yes. So I do believe that I'm going to start uploading these episodes, uh, obviously to our podcasting, um, Uh, platforms such as Apple Music and Spotify and all that other great stuff. But I also think I'm going to make a YouTube channel and then transfer these over to there just so that we can sort of grow this this whole podcast and build this community. So that is the one thing I wanted to share with you before we dive into this episode. Um, I don't want to give away, I mean, you'll see the title, um, but I don't want to give it away right uh, right away. what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of do what I did in last week's episode, sort of talk about what's going on with me, and then I will, you know, tra- uh, transition into the meat and potatoes of this episode. So um, what has happened recently in my life in this past week is that I have completed my first week of clinicals and my capstone. Um As I've already told you guys, I am in the PACU at Hospital for Special Surgery that's located in Manhattan on the Upper East Side. Um, And so what I'm going to do is just talk about the two things I'm going to talk about. First and foremost, my commute to a hospital for special surgery and also about clinical itself and how it has been affected by, by COVID and such. So... Uh, this the commute was the one thing that I was sort of uh, nervous about. That was sort of uh, you know, I guess hesitant and uh, kind of scared. No, not scared's not the word I'm looking for. But uh, I had sort of a negative outlook on the commute. Um, so I'll just explain how I get uh, from my house over to hospital for special surgery. And later on the podcast, I might just say HSS, just uh, so it's not so much of a mouthful. Um, so I would go on a Long Island Railroad. I'd go from Long Island Railroad to Penn Station. I'd walk a little bit over to the Q train and I'll take that Q train, uh, uptown until I hit, uh, 72nd street. I would get off at that station, uh, closest to 69th, just walk that half block to 70th and then walk East, uh, all the way until I hit hospital for special surgery. So, uh, and also for those who don't know or are not familiar with uh, New York, Long Island Railroad is the major rail railroad system that basically gets you from, you know, from our most eastern part of Long Island to our most western part of Long Island and into the city. Um, I live pretty much directly in the middle of Long Island, so it's about an hour, um, hour and fifteen minutes uh, sometimes if it's the local train. Um, then the whole walking. Uh, 
taking the Q train and then walking from that Q station at 76 station, uh, 76th street station over to HSS. Uh, the whole commute is about like an hour and 40 minutes. So it is lengthy. Um, it does take some time to get there and it's definitely lengthy on the way back, especially after doing 12 and a half hours, uh, on the night shift. Um, but if I were to look at like pros and cons, um, of the whole commute, uh, because it's off peak hours, I'm not fighting with traffic or I'm not fighting with people. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of seating for social distancing on the trains and everything. Um, also just being in the city, uh, especially in the Upper East Side, there are plenty of places to eat. There are plenty of cafes and restaurants and places to pick up little little eats on the way out and on the way in to HSS. So I do like that. The only con for me is just the length. Um, but I think that's something that I will adjust to in these next coming days because I'm going to be doing clinicals for uh, for a little bit. I've only done one week. I've gathered up about 40 hours worth of clinical time. I need 150. So I have a couple more weeks uh, to go uh, on that commute. But clinical as a whole, so being that I'm in my last semester, that is called the capstone. Uh, essentially, what this was supposed to be was that it was supposed to be 350 clinical hours. But because of COVID-19, um, we weren't even sure that we were going to come back to the hospitals to do clinical hours. And so uh, I guess between decisions between Department of Health and Department of Education, uh, they deemed that 350 hours was not nearly uh, was was uh, over exceeding the minimum amount of hours uh, in order to graduate with our with our BSN at the end of the semester. So it's been reduced from 350 to 150. Um, yeah. Uh, so in in addition to the clinical hours in the hospital, we've also been given some other choices in the event that you know. COVID does spike with the second wave with flu season coming around. Uh, and that is to do COVID-19 testing at our school. Um, I'm not sure that's quite open to the public yet. I know that we are doing mandatory testing on certain students that receive emails, but if it does open up, I could definitely let you guys know in the next episode in case you do need uh, to get tested for COVID for whatever reason. And we also have the option for COVID-19 contact tracing. Um, Contact tracing is essentially uh, if someone were to get sick, we would reach out to them. Um, we would let them know the whole procedure for quarantining, uh, the difference between quarantining and isolation and everything that is sort of encompassed in that whole sort of realm. Uh, allow them to know uh, certain things that they should be doing, uh, making sure that they have access to all their you know daily needs or weekly needs, whether that's grocery shopping, laundry, so on and so forth. And so I've been thinking I really want to hop onto that just because that's such a great opportunity. Um, it would look great on a resume, but also it, you know, if this thing really does spike again, they're going to need a lot more people. And if they can get students on hand to, to join in on that opportunity, um, I mean, I think it's a win-win. Uh, it looks good on a resume. It's great experience. It's great exposure. And uh, everybody wins in that kind of situation. And for clinical, like I've said, maybe about 50 times at this point, I am at hospital for special surgery, 
uh, in the main PACU. Uh, the main PACU, this is uh, the recovery room after surgery. So we look after patients once they come out of surgery, making sure that their anesthesia wears off uh, in the right order. We're watching a bunch of different lines. We're monitoring their vital signs. We're doing some pain management and we're doing a bunch of other things over in there just to make sure that the patient is ready to move on from the recovery room and onwards onto another unit, a step down unit. Uh, anywhere else so that we can free up beds so that uh, more patients that are coming from the OR can move into recovery. Um, but uh, what I really like about the PACU is that it's considered critical care, or I guess something that I didn't know about the PACU, it's considered critical care. And I remember at some point, uh, you know, maybe about a year or so, I was very, very interested in critical care, but I always thought of critical care as only uh, the ICU. And so when I figured out that the PACU is also under that same umbrella and people that are in the PACU sort of, they can hop from PACU to ICU, I was like, ah, oh, this is this is actually kind of kind of cool, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I just so far my week there uh, with my nurse, I just really enjoying my time. Um, I'm not sure if it's the novelty of it because it's so different from what I have been doing my whole, on uh, you know, schooling my whole nursing school career um but i just i just really enjoy everything that um that i'm doing over there i enjoy my time over there um the nurse i'm working with she's really really incredible um she takes time to really like slow things down and just create learning opportunities for me and just basically testing my knowledge and you know giving me opportunity to do things with her um, she's really, really great. The unit there is really, really great. The people, the staff, um, the nurse managers, the assistant managers, the, the nurse practitioners, the, the PAs, everyone there is just really, really nice and helpful. And they're just super, super kind. And I just, you know, I just like the environment over there. Um, and you know, I, I'm taking it day by day. I'm just taking my time. I'm having fun. I'm learning and it's a real world environment. And so I'm just really, really grateful for the opportunity over there. And because it's such a great opportunity over there, it's sort of making my post-graduation decision a little bit difficult. And um, when I say when I say that, uh, just understand that I did choose this hospital. This was my number one hospital for my capstone, and I did it because I wanted to get into orthopedics. And the reason why I wanted to get into orthopedics is there's a couple of reasons around it. But I think personally, for, from my personal experience, um, I've just always been into um, fitness. I've always been into sports. Um, I, I really value health and wellness um, in, in that sense. Um, orthopedics deals with everything with your bones and movement, your, your ligaments, your joints, your, your, your tendons, all that, all that good stuff that, that enables you to move. I think the ability to move and, you know, the, the just having the ability to do your daily tasks and and just be active as a person is super just underrated when it comes to health and wellness. Um, you know, we always talk about exercise, healthy diet, this and that, whatever. Um, but I think it's sort of just something that we pepper into everything when we talk about health and everything. Um, when we're looking in the hospitals, you know, we see very ill patients that they they have all sorts of complications, whether it be cardiac complications, respiratory complications. They have uh, you know hormone issues. They have 
all, all sorts of different things that are going on. They, they have bad kidneys, isn't that whatever? And I do think that it's very important to get those things and all those chronic illnesses sort of managed. But I think at the end of the day, if you're not able to move, all those other things are going to going to follow. Um, and like I said, not to say that orthopedics is more important than anything else. Cause I think that health is sort of this plateau. Everything is super, super important and you should make sure that everything is, is in check, whether that's your, your vision, your, your, your oral hygiene, your, everything should be taken care of. Um, it's just for me, I just really value that, that ability to move in, in that independence really, cause we don't really think about, um, our movement being impaired until we really hit like later ages where it does start to ache and, and hurt when we move and everything. Um, so I don't know for me, it's, I think it's really, really interesting. I think it's really, really important. And ultimately for me, I, I see myself working with athletes somewhere in my career. Um, like I said, I'm really into sports, uh, back in high school, did track and field. I did cross country, um, I'm in the Army National Guard, so I have to maintain some sort of level of physical fitness. Um, but I, I really, I just, like I said, I really enjoy sports. I think working with athletes would be, would be something very, very rewarding, not even like professional uh, sports or anything like that. But if even if it were to be, you know, college athletes or, um, you know, minor league athletes, even a high school athletes, uh, these are people that are just, I feel like they're very like-minded, uh, to me. They, they value health, they value sport, they value competition. Um, and at the end of the day, helping, helping people in general is just going to give me a uh, purpose and fulfillment. So if it's something that I enjoy plus purpose, I think that's a, a win-win situation for me. So that is sort of why I want again orthopedics. The PACU, although it's very orthopedic heavy, we have knee replacements, hip replacements, uh, you know, spinal spinal surgeries, all those other things. But um, sort of when I thought of orthopedics, I kind of thought of other things. But everything I'm learning in PACU is super, super interesting and really, really cool. And that's where I'm sort of being tripped up a little bit. Uh, but now um, I will basically go over why am I sharing all this to begin with. And the whole thing is, um, although everything right now is going well, I don't know what I'm going to do post-graduation. I am uncertain about my future, uh, even though I am fairly certain and secure in my present and basically what I want to come here today is basically tell you that uncertainty is a certain thing in life, but it's an, it's an okay thing to have. It's a very normal thing in, in life. It's actually not just normal. It's inevitable. You are always, you are eventually going to hit a certain point in life where you don't know there's an unknown, there's uncertainty, and I'm just going to try and talk you guys through this. Because like I said, it, it's okay not to know exactly what lies ahead. Everything that's in the future, you know, there's going to be things that you do know and there's going to be things that you don't know, right? And I'm going to be speaking specifically about uh, where I'm going to be working and what specialty I'm going to find myself in. But understand that this whole conversation can be applied to pretty much everything, this whole uncertainty thing, uh, it's been a common and very relatable theme for 2020. Um, 
And so, so some things that we may be uncertain about are uh, you might be uncertain about your major in school. You might be uncertain about your job security. You might be uncertain about your relationships. But I'm here to say and validate that feeling of anxiety. It is, it's a real feeling. Um, the unknown can be scary, but there's ways that we can there's there's ways that we can face uncertainty. There's ways that we can combat and adver- uh, uncertainty, um, and that is basically to do everything that we can to control uncertainty. We want to do everything that we can that we can control. We want to do everything that we can control. Because uncertainty creeps into our lives when we start to focus on things or worry about things that, you know, half the time we don't have control over. So in order to combat uncertainty, you need to be certain that you've done everything within your control to find the result that you want. You're uncertain about your major? Look at your coursework. Look at your timeline to finish. Research the job market. Is there growth in that field? Are you enjoying your studies and classes? Are you passionate about it? Will your degree and projected job bring you the purpose you're searching for? Uncertain about your relationship? Ask yourself, why are things not as great as they usually are? Are you putting forth effort? Are you listening actively and effectively? Is your friend, partner, spouse going through something that you don't know about? Are you communicating as well as you can be? You're uncertain about your job? Are you performing all of your tasks? Are you taking shortcuts? Are you receptive to constructive criticism? Are you growing in your job or are you stagnant? Are you asking others for what you can do to progress or are you standoffish? Are you still credentialed and uh, qualified? So what I'm not saying is that I want to thrust all the blame onto you, but I am saying all this because I believe it is important to take responsibility and keep yourself accountable of all of your actions. Most importantly, this may not work for everyone, but what I will say is that if you did everything that you could control to change your situation in your favor... You should be at peace with the result no matter what. That means there was absolutely nothing else you could have done to change your outcome. Now, see, my situation here is a little bit different, but a lot of this stuff still applies. Um, I need to see what other areas of nursing have to offer. My nurse, uh, her sister actually works on it works in the same hospital on the same floor, but she works in the OR and uh, my nurse works in the PACU. So they work in two uh, adjacent units that are actually fairly, you know, related. She works with patients in the OR. Once they're done in the OR, they get transferred over into the PACU where we will receive them. So I think I'm going to try and work something out so I can see that side of nursing because I've never seen it before. I need to analyze median salaries in, uh, you know, different hospitals in different states. Am I going to stay in New York for, for some time? Am I going to move cost of living versus median salary or cost of living versus average salary? 
I need to look at a bunch of different metrics to see if it's worth staying here in New York. I need to know what populations that I want to take care of. I know I said athletes a couple minutes ago, but maybe it's different now. Who knows? Maybe and I have actually no idea what else it could be, but maybe it's something other than orthopedics. Maybe it's something other than athletes. That's something that I have to ask myself and you know, really apply myself and ask myself these questions in order to find out. I have plenty of questions to, uh, to ask myself. And it may seem a little wild to think about this because my career hasn't even started, but to be honest, it's right around the corner. I'm going to graduate in December. I'm going to take my boards as soon as possible. So somewhere in that January to March range, January to February range. And once I do that, it's, you know, it's out, you know, it's time to go out there. It's time to go start working in the hospital. It's time to start saving lives. But here, here's the, the ultimate thing that I want to, to get across to you guys. Uncertainty can only take control of your situation if you allow it to. Need you to ask questions, continue to learn, be eager, and know clearly what it is that is going to satisfy you. And another thing I want for all of you to take away from this is that you are the sole person in control of your future. You are the driver in the driver's seat of life and... Yes, the road can be bumpy, the GPS can be wrong, other cars can cause you to swerve, but stay calm, stay focused, and you'll reach your destination. And that's going to be it for uh, for this episode. I wanted this to be actually short. I know I say, we'll make this a quick episode, and it always ends up being over 30 minutes, but uh, you know, uncertainty is one of those things that you, you cannot control the unknown. You can only control what is known. So anything that's in your control, it's up to you to take the initiative to, to do things, to shape your situation, to mold your situation. Yes, there's going to be there's going to be times where things do not go your way, but you can't let that distract you. You can't let that discourage you from doing what you want to do. Because if you really if you really care about what you're doing, whatever it may be, or whoever it's with, you will find that motivation inside of yourself. It's a very, very intrinsic thing. It's it's super, super deep. You will find it, and I promise you that, with no with no doubt whatsoever. So we're going to end this show here of the Unran Podcast. Uh, I want to say thank you for listening. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, week in and week out, we are over three hundred total plays across all of the episodes. Um, I have put myself onto Podchaser to sort of increase our reach. We are in the United States, we are in Canada, we are in Russia, and we are in the UK. So thank you uh, for our international friends. Continue to listen and share the podcast with your friends. Uh, share the podcast. Uh, make sure you do whatever you can, whatever you can do, which uh, can be commenting, rating, subscribing, all that great stuff. Most importantly, to share the podcast. The the more outreach we can get, the better it is. The more people that can listen and you know hear my stories, hear the conversations I have with people, and uh, you know get the tools that I'm putting out to you guys and everything. 
So I just want to say thank you once more, and I'll catch you next time on the On Rain Podcast.